Welcome or welcome back to Lift You Up Inspiring Health Stories. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham. I'm the founder and chief storyteller of TB Media Group. But for the purpose of this podcast, I am your health and happiness matchmaker. Now, before I introduce you to today's guest, you know what I'm going to ask you to do. Hit subscribe on YouTube and turn on those notifications and also connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to stay connected with you. Today, you're going to meet someone whose story is honestly difficult to hear. Her name is Ileana Perez Ruiz, and I've actually known her for several years. But during the pandemic, she faced some of life's greatest challenges from losing her job, going through a divorce, and then finding out that she had a rare form of ovarian cancer. And through it all, she built a business. Our physical, mental, and emotional health is not just a want. It is a need for happy lives and prosperous businesses. Lift You Up is the podcast where we share inspiring health stories from business owners who are fulfilling their purpose to live their healthiest lives and helping you do the same. From former TV reporter to marketing entrepreneur and content creator, I care about sharing stories that matter and stories that connect us. I'm your host, Tamika Bickham, your health and wellness matchmaker. Well, today I am so excited to be joined by Ileana Perez Ruiz, and uh, she is the founder of Oh My Pavlova. Welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> I, I, I did that introduction as if we don't know each other, <laughs> but we do. And it's good to see you because what it's been probably at least a year. Pre-COVID. Yeah. Pre-COVID. Pre, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. So a lot has happened in your life. Um, but before we kind of turn back and, and share your story, which I'm really excited for you to share with everyone, um, tell me, kind of bring everybody up to speed. What is Oh My Pavlova? And tell me about what you do right now. So Oh My Pavlova is my bakery, and I make these cakes called pavlovas. The first layer is a thin layer of meringue. The second layer is either Nutella or dulce de leche. The third is a homemade whipped cream. And the fourth is the strawberries topped all over. It's beautiful. It's a work of art. Not just beautiful, but it's delicious. So a bakery. Um, and now you have a booming business, right? Like the day, the time of us recording this, we're, I'm trying to catch up with you because you're in traffic, making deliveries, um, getting blown up with calls. You're, you've been able to grow a business. Um, in the midst of this pandemic, as well as so many other things going on in your life. Take us through the story of how you got to growing a business during this time through significant personal life and health challenges. So about a year and a half ago, um, here's the part that only people that are really close to me know. My marriage ended uh, suddenly. Uh, We had been together for 21 years and married for 17 um and it just fell apart um and it was really hard to suddenly become a single mom and figure things out on my own um and then lo and behold comes covid uh last march about a year ago uh so 
you know, during that time I was working from home. So was my daughter and we decided um, because we had a lot of downtime and she was here alone and bored uh, that we would bake these pavlovas that we used to make for fun and for especially uh, special occasions. I had always bought her that cake for years for every single one of her birthdays. And um, we found the recipe, made it, and I was like, wow, you know, it tastes pretty good and looks pretty good. And so I said, why don't we, you know, just start making these and see what happens, open an Instagram, let's get some stickers and, you know, cards and whatever, we'll see what happens, you know? Uh, So we started doing that from our house uh, during COVID. And um, little by little, it started picking up. Um, now, where were you working? At, where were you working at the time? Because you were working a full time job. Yes. So okay. I I had been working in the insurance industry for over twenty years. I worked in insurance, um, commercial insurance, and I managed accounts for people that actually have uh, multiple franchises. So they'll have like 30 Burger Kings or, you know, so I I think I was at the pinnacle of my insurance career. I got to the best company. I, you know, the position I always wanted working in the hospitality group. It was the most successful and fast growing group. And here I was inundated 300 emails deep, uh, going crazy at work. Uh, very stressed out and I was working from home. They sent us all home. So I was doing that. My daughter was doing the cakes and suddenly I lose my job um, due to uh, COVID and I was on the um, hospitality team. So we were affected a lot. I was lucky enough to find another job right away in the same field, but not to the caliber that I was used to, but you know, it was something. Um, and I kept making my cakes on the side, which was amazing. And um, and then, you know, it was just working out like that between my daughter and I making the cakes from home. So tell me about when the switch happened from making cakes at home to where you are now. Um, it, is it something that just grew through Instagram? How did things pick up in the way that they have? We started getting really popular on Instagram. I've been blessed to have a lot of good connections in my in my uh, circle who have really helped me branch out and who helped me grow on Instagram by exposing me and just working, you know, collaborating with other people and having a whole new group of people trying my desserts uh, because usually you know it was just a lot of people that live like in Key Biscayne um, that have access to one bakery that's over there that's super popular uh, people in those areas uh, but then I started exposing myself to a whole other area like Kailia, Miami Lakes and people have never heard of this dessert and they were trying it for the first time and they were like, what is this? You know, like, what is this strawberry cake? So, you know, I've reached out to a whole new culture um, of people that now know what the dessert is and they, they are hooked. All it takes is trying it one time. So that really helped me grow. And yes, just 
Instagram. That That's all it's really been, just Instagram. As you're traveling through this journey during a pandemic, um, you mentioned having recently gone through a divorce. Um, you mentioned losing your longtime job as well uh, due to the pandemic. Uh, but the other thing that you also face that you haven't mentioned yet is cancer. Right. So as if things <laughs> weren't bad enough. Yeah, so Mar- March was you know, pandemic lockup, then May was lost my job. Um, all that while going through the divorce. And then early July, uh, I got diagnosed with stage one ovarian cancer. Um, so basically, I mean, that that literally puts a hold on your life. It's like press the pause button. So everything had to stop and take the back seat. I was having what women get every month, you know, a little bit of uh, menstrual cramps. And that's what I thought it was. You know, I was just like, oh, I was feeling kind of like crampy and sore in my lower abdomen. So I decided to self-examine myself. Um, And I dug a little deeper into my abdomen while I was like rubbing my belly. And I feel a lump. And it was big. And I said, is that my ovary or is that an organ that, you know, I've just, I've never felt that because I've never, you know, you, you touch your belly, but you don't go, you don't press into it usually. Right. Um, which we should all be doing, by the way, just like you do it to your breast, we should be doing it to our ovaries as well. Um, so I, I felt that and I was like, hmm, what is this? And I did noticed that I was kind of bloated um, in my lower abdomen. But, you know, you just think like, well, I need to lose like 15 pounds. So that's why, you know? Right, right. But well, I didn't, I never, sorry, I, I never thought that it would be because something growing in there. Right. What was it that made you think um, from the cramping that, hey, I have to dig a little bit deeper into this? I started noticing that when I was going to the bathroom to urinate, when I'd empty my my bladder was, it would hurt or something. It was like this contraction in there. And it was just weird, a sensation I had never felt. Uh, so I went to ER and um, they did an ultrasound and I could tell from her face that something was wrong. Um, they kept asking me, you don't have pain? are you sure you don't have pain? And I kept saying, I have no pain. But I could tell from the movement that she was doing that she was looking at something. She was looking at whatever was in there because she was tracing it. And so they came back to me and they said that it was highly suspicious of neoplasty. I didn't even know what the word neoplasty is. Um, So that means cancer. When the doctor came in, she goes, that means cancer. So you need to see your doctor tomorrow. So of course I'm freaking out. You know, my kids are at home waiting for me and I get home just like bawling. Like I was just destroyed and so scared. And my kids were like, what's going on? Um, So it was really difficult to tell them or what to tell them. Because what if it's not cancer? You know, you don't want to freak out your two kids. Right. A friend of mine, good friend of mine, who's a doctor, 
in uh, Baptist Hospital. She's a hospitalist there. Um, she had me admitted, uh, which was right during COVID when you can't even walk into a hospital with somebody. I mean, it's, you know, only if you're really sick, should you be going and can you be going? So she said, I don't like this and um, you need to get this out now. Let's get this out. So I went to the hospital. They ran all kinds of tests and I waited for my surgery. So within four days of my ER visit, I had the tumor removed. They went in and they took out, I had a 13 centimeter mass in my ovary. Um, and um, when I got out of surgery, they said, well, we're gonna take it to biopsy, but it looks like it's what's called a borderline tumor, which means it was almost cancer. But those were the initial, uh, the initial biopsy that they do right there in the hospital. So they had to send it out. So in the meantime, I'm waiting, but you know, you always think positive and you're like, it's just like something and it's out and you know, everything's gonna be fine. They just took that ovary out and my fallopian tube from the from the left side and I just waited for the doctor to get back to me. So um, it and, took about three weeks. Okay, and when they got back to you? All the doctors at um, Miami Cancer Institute were going to have a meeting about my case, if that was okay with me. And I was like- Is that normal? Yeah, I was like, well, maybe they want to make sure since it's a borderline tumor before they tell me, you know, they give me a green light. They want to make sure that I have a full green light. You know, that's what I'm thinking. But then I'm like, why am I so special? And right. I'm just like, you know, confused. And they call me and they're like, we have to send it out to another lab. And I'm like, okay, at this point, it's three labs. I'm really confused. So, you know, the just the waiting. I'm sure you're anxious, like. Yeah. What's going on? I thought I was all good. I really did. I thought, okay, that's it. It's out. So, you know, the doctor tells me that it's cancer and it's a very rare cancer. There's only 32 cases in recorded in the world. And there's only one study out. Actually, sorry, there's two study out, two studies out. Um, and they're like in Japan. And he was like, uh, you know, this is the name of it. Um, it's tough because there's not enough studies for us to know the exact path. Um, but all the doctors spoke, they got together and um, they decided what my treatment should be. So they said, we recommend that you have what's called a radical hysterectomy. So they wanted to go in me again. I wasn't even healed from the first surgery and they, they were gonna reopen me and take out my other ovary, my uterus, um, my cervix, my appendix, omendum, and um, lymph nodes, upper and lower. Um, and they said, we wanna do more biopsies. We wanna do this, and then you're gonna need chemo also. And I was just like, but I thought I don't have cancer. Can you take it out there? Like, yeah, like technically you don't, but we were being aggressive and um we want to give you some preventative too so we want to do six chemos and i was just what? like i was like oh my god this is not happening right now um and is that because of the rarity of this well type of cancer so i didn't know what stage i was in yet 
because they had only taken out that one ovary. So after this surgery is when they were going to tell me, okay, this is your stage, you're in stage one or two or whatever. And then they'll, you know, see what I look like in there and decide on, on what type of chemo. So when she went in, she goes, it looks clean in there. Um, it looks really clean. I did a lot of biopsies um, and I took out everything that I could. And she said, so I'm going to stick to six chemos um, because we want to make sure that there's nothing microscopic floating around in you because they did take it out. And many times during surgery, these big tumors, they, they ex not explode, they, um, they just open up and there could be some leakage. So it was more like a preventative thing to make sure that they get anything floating in there. So I had to just accept it, you know, and say, this is my life. This is what's going to happen now. And I just have to do it. Did you ever have a moment where you thought, why me? Girl, a <laughs> moment? <laughs> more like, I think I'm just starting to understand it or like be okay with it and trust the process. But it was a daily thing for me. I mean, there were nights, so many nights, I just couldn't sleep. And I would just literally be there. Why? Like, why everything? Why me? Why now? What does this mean? You know, where is this going to lead me to? What do I have to learn from this? And really, it was all that time by myself, because not only did I go through chemo, but COVID. So it really changes things because you can't have all the support that you have. So you even have to be careful having your, your own mom and dad taking care of you because they have a life too and they have to go to the grocery stores too and they have to live, but then they're trying to take care of you and your immune system is extremely weak. So you, I spent a lot of time alone. Um, in regular, if it were regular times pre-COVID, I'd have 20 friends at my house at a time making food for me, making me laugh, just sitting on the couch, but I couldn't do that. So it made mm. it even worse because you're super lonely. Um, you can't do anything. So it, it, it gives you a lot of time to um, focus on yourself and, and learn to be alone also and be okay with it. And just like soul seek. I, I mean, I got chills hearing your story, you know, yeah. that's you literally hard. Have it's just like pause. one thing after the other, after the other, after the other, like you've got to press pause on your life. Nothing else matters. I couldn't work, you know? So the only thing that I had that I said, okay, well, I, you know, the business seems to be speeding up. I guess when I feel as you're going through, through chemo, chemo. Surgeries, I mean, it was, there were, there was a time that I had to completely stop. So I, I said, okay, what do I do now? Right. Do I stop the business or I can just be honest and say, listen, I'm sorry. We have to slow things down because I'm going through this. You know, I appreciate your patience and working with me. And everybody was actually super supportive. 
So um, I had to stop, but then when I recovered from the surgeries and I'd be going through chemo, I'd get bad from chemo for like a week. And as soon as I was done, I'd start working again. But it was actually a blessing in disguise because when you're going through that, it's a lot of mental and it helped my mind go somewhere else because there's there's days that your 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 mind is it's going nuts and you're having really weird thoughts you know things you'd never think that you would think and you can get depressed really easily Mm -hmm. um so even though it was hard for me to work so hard during that time mentally it was good for me because my mind was on something else right the whole time Absolutely. No, I could see how much that could help because it's a positive distraction. And I'm sure it was something like a way that you could funnel your energy into something that you love. Exactly. And it was so, it was cool. And you make people happy doing this. So. Yeah, because the, the Pavlovas, your Pavlovas <laughs> are top notch. So, so you're going through all of this. The business is picking up. Tell me where the business is now. I unexpectedly had to stop chemo after my fifth. I didn't even get to my sixth because after the fifth, it almost destroyed me. I mean, I was so weak. I couldn't even walk. I could not walk and I was destroyed. So I I called my doctor a few days after the last chemo because I wasn't recovering the same as the ones before. And I was like, I, what does that mean? Um, well, the ones before I bounced back within like a week. But what happens with chemo is that it's cumulative in your body. And the more chemo you give your body, the worse you start getting. You know, you're, you just you start getting weaker and weaker and weaker. So it seems like the fifth was my, you know, that's it. You, you need to stop. So I had to be hospitalized. I became what's called neutropenic, which is when your white blood cells, they get so low that you can't be exposed to anything because you'll you'll get an infection for anything. So when I got to the hospital, I was actually developing a small kidney uh, infection. Luckily I got there very fast and um, I had to get treated. And um, once I left from the hospital, couple days later five days later I recovered a little more at home and about a week after I said okay you know I feel I feel a little better so it was little by little it was very hard on me very hard on my body but I didn't want to lose it because I I saw that I had something really good here um with the pavlovas yes I said I I can't let this go I said okay either I'm going to go back to corporate life right? Hating life. Or I (laughs) pursue this 100%, which is what I really love, and make people happy all day. I'm going to work a lot, but it's something that is mine. And it's, it's just, it's different when you're doing it for yourself, and you're seeing growth. So I said, Okay, here I go. So I, you know, started going full throttle, then I then I said, Okay, I need help. So I, I hired one person to help me. And um, then I was like, okay, I think I need more help. And then it was just so crazy. 
that I was like, I need to figure something out because I can't keep baking in my little kitchen oven. And that's what I was going to ask. Were you still doing this in your kitchen at this time? I was still doing it in my kitchen. And then I was featured on Only in Vain. And once that happened, um, and they did they did a great story on me. Um, I was in their <laughs> offices. I did custom cakes for them. My friends were there. And uh, I said my story. They, they featured me on their feed on their page and on their story it was really cool and i gained like a thousand followers <laughs> from that and so much support so many survivors um so it was cool for us to talk about our experiences and um you know because we can relate to each other and it's something that only a person that has gone through cancer can explain so that happened just a couple of weeks ago. And that was what pushed me to say, I need to make a move. I either, I started exploring different things. Either I'll move into a big house with a big kitchen and buy oven, or should I get a storefront or should I? So I have a lot of resources. And um, luckily I know um, um, a girl named Cynthia that owns her own bakery. She is the neighbor of one of my best friends. My best friend's business is right next door to her. So I've been going there for a couple of years and I know Cynthia. So I decided to reach out to Cynthia to see if uh, she wanted to rent me some space in, in her bakery. She has a very nice, very nice place. And um, she, she was like, yeah, she wanted to help me. And we worked out a great deal. So, I have a full-blown kitchen. I have everything I need and then some. It's in Doral. It's called E&M Suites. So I work from her kitchen and it's it's a pickup location for, for me right now. So people still order through me and I just give them the orders there. So it's not like my storefront, but it's it's a step toward getting my own. You know, I'm, I'm growing. I'm growing at a fast pace right now. Uh, but um, I'm trying to do it little by little and I'll get there. I'll get there for sure. Absolutely. Um, it's just one step at a time. You know, it's kind of that balancing act, I feel like, of wanting to grow, but maybe not too fast, right? So you can handle it little by little. There's too many logistics uh, to growing too fast. Um, and I have to be prepared for the volume that's coming to me, training people, is pretty hard and I've seen, I've realized from training people that it's not something that everybody can do. There's actually an art involved in placing all the strawberries. Um, so, but I've been really lucky with the people that I do have next to me working with me right now. And it's such a good environment, so positive. Um, we work so well, we have so much fun. And um, I, I can't even, explain to you right now how happy I am and like good in my life and happy with myself and it's like this I wake up every day just happy and having fun and like grateful and like everything is awesome and it's really cool it's really cool honestly that's great mm -hmm. I mean honestly especially you deserve that more than anyone really mm -hmm. to be happy okay. 
given everything that you have faced and being able to build a business in the midst of a pandemic and all of these things you faced in your personal life, um, how is there a happiness tip, like something that kept you going um, that you implemented in your life, like especially during those days that you mentioned, like, hey, those why me moments, um, because it's inevitable that you're going to get down and or depressed. But what were the things that maybe helped keep your spirits lifted? It's it's the hardest thing to do, because when you're going through so much negativity, telling your mind that you're not and having faith that there's something bigger and better, even though all you see is dark, it's it's really hard to do. You you literally have to work on it so much to psych your brain out and to to shift what what you're thinking. You know what I mean? When you start having those bad thoughts, you have to say no and then think good thoughts and and have vision and visualize what you want to happen in your life mm. and have faith in the unseen and knowing that you're going to endure some pain. Everybody is at some point in their life, but it's going to get better. And it's the hardest thing to do to visualize that when you are like, mm, no, you, you're like, I don't even see this. Like I'm in the dark. Exactly. I'm just feeling around right now. Exactly. But I tried my best to do that. You know, I kept my faith. I prayed a lot. And just knowing that there was going to be a better day, there's going to be a better day, something's going to happen, something good is going to come out of it. And so you are 100% cancer free. Yeah. So my last scan, you know, it was all good. I have another one this week coming up. And, um, when you when you go through cancer unfortunately that it becomes part of your life you always have to get checked up whether it be every six months to a year so i'm gonna have another one now and um i know everything's gonna be fine absolutely uh, i got it like i said i i got it very early um i caught it very early stage one no spread and um, i'm super positive that the chemo did its job. I mean, it almost killed my good cells too, but um, I'm sure it did its job. And, um, you know, every day, every day is a better day. Now, I, I do want to mention, and I'd like to also bring some awareness to our female watchers, um, viewers here, because ovarian cancer is known as the silent killer. And it's very scary. I didn't know this. So, I think I'm very fortunate to be sitting here uh, when only 10% of all ovarian cancer diagnoses come um, are, are, are stage one. So only 10% are discovered while in stage one. Usually when you discover ovarian cancer, it's because you're, you're feeling sick from it and you're already at a stage three or a stage four and you're having way more severe symptoms so i'd like to just share some symptoms to look for which it's a little difficult because we all get these symptoms but when it's persistent just go self-examine your um 
lower abdominal area where your ovaries are to go a little deeper in there and feel for lumps uh, because I've already spoken to about two or three people that discovered it the same way that I did. So it's just mm-hmm. like you do to your breasts, do it to your ovaries as well. If you have any abnormal bloating, um, belly pain that is persistent, uh, trouble eating or feeling full quickly, um, and the urinary problems, if you have uh, urgency to go or if you have pain when you go, which is what happened to me, it became so big that I felt like I had to go all the time, all the time, all the time. And then it was kind of painful when I would go urine. So look at look at all those things because it cannot be detected on a pap smear. So a, a lot of women don't know that. So, mm. you know, I if I can save at least one person by any tips that I give them, you know, that, that would be amazing, amazing, because not enough women know that it's called the silent killer. You know, you just think you go to your yearly, to your doctor right. every year, and, and you're good. Check, check, check. Everything's okay, but not for ovarian cancer. Hmm. Thanks for sharing that. I'll make sure to include that information below. It's so important to know, and I didn't realize that that is considered the silent killer, so really important mm-hmm. information. Um. Thank you, Ileana. Uh, tell everybody how they can find you, connect with you, learn more about you, whether mm-hmm. they are maybe recently going through a cancer diagnosis or a survivor or want to try your pavlova. Either or. Um, I I love uh, connecting with people who um, have been through similar experiences like mine. And um, I'm all about supporting and helping other women in any way that I can, even if it's inspiring, if it's bringing awareness, whatever it is, they can reach me either at my phone number, which is 786-537-5779. You can call or text. You can also reach me on my Instagram page. My business Instagram page for Oh My Pavlova is O, which is O-H my pavlova which is p-a-v-l-o-v-a so it's oh my pavlova and um you can send me a direct message most of my orders are through there if you just want to talk or send me a text or you need support you need someone to talk to you need advice please don't hesitate to call me to text me you can also email me at ohmypavlova at gmail.com so if if it's to place an order or just to talk or anything you can reach me through any of those ways it doesn't really matter well thank you Ileana for that and for sharing your story so openly as well as offering to be a support to other people and for being an inspiration because all that you have accomplished Um, despite everything else going on in your life, is a true testament to your character, um, your work ethic, and your willingness to just try to find the light in a time of darkness. So thank you for that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hard work, definitely, it pays off. So if you're trying to pursue anything, just keep working toward it. That's all I can tell somebody. Just keep on. Because work, hard work will always be recompensed. You'll see it. You'll see it. And 
it'll it'll happen. Thanks for having me so much, Tamika. Thank you. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed hearing Ileana's story, even though sometimes stories like that can be difficult to hear. It's just a reminder that you never know what somebody else is going through. And also that even as tough as things can get, there is always light on the other side. And I really feel like that was the message that Ileana shared. I loved how she was able to build a business throughout some of the greatest challenges of her life. Um, and you know what? That means you could do it too. And just incorporating some positive thinking and staying focused on what's on the other side can help you get there as well. So make sure to connect with her, whether it's for support or of course to try her pavlovas as well. They're really, really good. So all of her information is below in the show notes. Don't wait and make sure you connect with me too. <laughs> I am on all the places, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, right here on YouTube, if you're watching this. And so make sure you subscribe, turn on notifications, connect with me. And that means you'll be notified next week when we're back with another episode. So until then, stay happy, stay healthy.